imagine celebrating your success going on holidays having bonfire on the beach with your loved ones unfortunately most entrepreneurs experience burnout within the first year but what is it that makes others succeed i'm your host tajul khurana call me kk join me as we have fireside chats with experts who have insider secrets around how to rest rejuvenate recharge and be bonfire entrepreneurs hello and welcome back to be bonfire entrepreneurs i'm your host kk and today we have an amazing guest his name is chad collins chad is the founder and ceo of collins commerce inc His group of companies produce massive live family events including Brickfest Live, a Lego fan experience and Comic Con for kids. He is also a thought leader in digital marketing space with a focus on text message marketing. Chad is also an inventor and current Guinness World Record holder for selling the most tickets to an event for a single game video game. Chad was featured in Gary Vick's best-selling book, Crushing It. Welcome to our show, Chad. How you doing, KK? So Hi. happy to join you. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for coming and you know accepting the invitation. I'm so honored to have you. You got it. <laughs> Thank you. So, Chad, please tell our listeners about your journey. Wow. So you mentioned the the live events that we produce, but what a lot of people may not realize is that before we even produced our first show, everything started with a simple YouTube video with my daughter. In fact, I went, you know, I was at the Lego store one day. For those that are that are into Lego, you could go to the store at the back of the store, there's a wall and you could fill as many Lego bricks as you want into a cup and then come home and then create anything you want, right? And my daughter was seven years old at the time, and I was a big Lego fan growing up. And this was my opportunity to get back into Lego and, and start enjoying it with, with my daughter. What I didn't know is after we started playing for a couple of hours, she went on her iPad and typed in Lego and started watching all these YouTube videos of other people playing Lego too, so she can get more ideas. And that inspired her to ask me if I would create a Lego YouTube channel with her. And I said, of course. Now, a lot of us know YouTube from a content consumption standpoint. We know to YouTube, we type in how to do whatever, and mm-hmm. a list of videos comes up and we watch. But then there's the other side of it, which is YouTube from a content creation standpoint. And I had no idea. I hadn't, didn't know anything about that at the time. But we dove in and my daughter Jordan and I, over 18 months, created over 500 videos and accumulated over 12 million views on our YouTube channel, all about Lego. And what we learned along the way, along that journey is that we were speaking to a very enthusiastic community about a very specific topic. And in this case, it was playing with Lego and being like a person that likes to be out and with other people, just as enthusiastic as I am about a certain topic. I started looking for events that we could go to together as a family that were, that were Lego related events. And I'm located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, here in the United States. And 
I thought, and it's one of the biggest cities. It's the fifth biggest city in, in the country. And I thought that there would certainly be of an event that we could go to. And it turned out that the closest one was actually several states away. And that was really the moment when I thought, well, if we could just create our own event and we have this whole community on YouTube, if we just found out, like if they would come to this event that we produce, then we could have our own Lego event in the Philadelphia area. And that turned out that little spark ignited a giant flame that has now led us to create over four touring shows nationwide. Uh, and that was, again, that was back in YouTube channel started in 2012. Our first event was 2014. Since then, we've now produced over a hundred events. We average over 9,000 attendees per event. Um, oh and it's God. really taken the United States by storm because families are always looking for new things to do. We're talking, you know, look, we're in this really interesting time here in the world where we can't be with one another. But these events were produced, of course, when there's a time and it will come again, when we can share the same space and we could and we can encourage each other and we can be with people just as enthusiastic as we are about a certain thing. And, and that's what our events do for specifically families, the family market space. That's so, amazing. so that was, that, that has been the journey from, you know, from 2012 to, to present day. And then of course, you know, we're the time we're recording this COVID-19 coronavirus yeah. and really the whole world is, is receding and social distancing is, is now, is now what everyone has to practice which means uh, the live event space isn't thriving and, and it won't thrive uh, for some time. Right. So, so what does that mean for us as entrepreneurs? What does that mean for us as marketers? What does that mean for us as human beings? And, you know, you mentioned text message marketing. Um, we, we know that text message marketing has yielded significant results in our business. Um, as you see, email open rates begin to decline. So we want to now find other entrepreneurs that, that are going through this, this period, this period of time, and kind of let them know what has worked for us in the past and also continue to communicate with our audience, but in a way where they know they're going to receive our message and we could bring some joy into their life during, during this, this really interesting time in our country and right. in the world. All right. I mean, it's very interesting to hear your story from where you started, just YouTube channel, and then you created these events. I'm yeah. sure it wasn't easy though. I mean, first of all, doing the video on YouTube is completely different experience compared to, you know, like creating or, you know, uh, sponsoring live events. I have done events in my life and I know how much work goes mm -hmm. in and you know how many sleepless nights and how much planning, you know, you need all of it. Yeah. So how was the experience, you know, transition from YouTube to suddenly this idea about creating events and, you know, mm -hmm. what were your challenges? Yeah. The thing is, you know, when I look at, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you have the vision of what the, of what the finished product is going to look like and, and feel like to your audience. And if you start with that very clear vision of what the, of what the finished product looks like, right. then it's, you know, it's easy to work your way back and figure out 
what are the big milestone steps that I need to accomplish and on what dates? And specifically, you asked about events. The biggest thing with, with a live event is the date is coming, right? You've secured a space for your event and it's not like a project or software or even a virtual event that you can, you can put off and there's really no adverse reaction or adverse impact. When you, you know, put a deposit down for a venue, when you start selling tickets for an event, that day is coming no matter what. And now you're up against the clock every step of the way. Right. So the, the, my biggest recommendation for a live event is, you know, give yourself enough runway for you to build enough awareness about your event and then create what those big milestones are along the way and, and make sure you keep yourself on track. The biggest thing for us in the beginning, you asked about challenges. The biggest thing for us in the beginning was figuring out who our audience was and how to speak to our audience. Right. Um, it's, it's funny because we're doing a Lego event, right? For kids like, you know, and for those that are watching this, that don't know what Lego, Lego, these, <laughs> these little guys, right? We're doing a Lego event for kids. And my initial thought was, wow, if there was a way for us to reach these kids in the schools that they go to, then they will run home and tell their parents that there's this event that's happening. Right. And, and we started, you know, reaching out to principals of schools and, and the administrations of school districts, and we were getting like no traction at all. Mm -hmm. And then we started to find companies and groups that had a list of like the parents, like the moms. And it turned out that the moms, you know, the CEO of the household <laughs> is the one that's going to make the decision <laughs> on what family events they're going to be participating in in the next couple of months or the next year. So for us, it was, all right, now that we figured that out, how can we get in front of more parents and educate them? Because they're ultimately going to be the ones that make that decision. And it's funny now, it's so natural to think about who is my audience? Who is going to be the buyer for product? And for us in the beginning, at least, like it took us a little bit to figure out, well, of course, the fourth grader isn't going to pull out his credit card and buy tickets to the event. And to rely on that as like our big traffic source wasn't going to be a thing. So it took us a little bit to get started from an awareness standpoint. But once we kind of cracked the code on that, then we, we were able to lean more into, you know, finding all the parents and then educating them about what our events have and why it's going to be a great day to come out. Amazing. So it is very important to do the market research, understand your target audience. And, you know, did you have, did you hire any marketing company or you guys did it yourself as a team? No, um, no, we, we did, especially in the beginning, we did 100% of the marketing ourselves. Right. Um, but it's a great question because as we got bigger and, and we started to scale up our, our, you know, staff and we started to look for services that we could outsource that we didn't want to hold on to and we were doing more and more events every single year, one of the things we did look to outsource was, was the marketing. Because it was personally for me, I was spending a ton of time there. And I knew that in order for us to grow, I needed to kind of, you know, let someone else run with that while I'm able to figure out what the next event is going to be or the next place we could bring an event or how we're going to expand. And in fact, it's interesting because we got so good at, like digital marketing and being able to find our leads and get them into our funnel and then convert our leads into sales. We got so good at that. All I really needed was person to just 
keep this engine that we built running. And this is kind of like, this is a pitfall that a lot of folks need to reach out for. If you've built something and you've documented it and it works, what we did is we, we hired a marketing agency that was, you know, a digital marketing agency. They were, had great reviews. And we said, hey, just follow this plan. If you just follow this plan, we will get the best results. And then you can, you know, put your own spin on it and try and make things better. But what ends up happening is when you hire an agency to run your traffic or, you know, run your lead gen, well, they have an idea on what, what has worked for them and their clients. And, you know, rightfully so, they're believing that, well, the reason you're hiring me is because you think that what we do is better than what you've been able to do yourself. Right. And what ends up, what happened in, in our case is the results that they were getting were way worse than what we were doing on our own. So, and it ended up costing us, you know, a lot of money. So after we tried that, and, and so first it was like, well, maybe we picked the wrong company. So let's try again. And we picked a second company. And then we, and then we said, well, let's try again. Let's pick a third company. And th it was the same thing over and over again. It was, if you hire someone for what they're an expert in, well, they're going to put their expert spin on it. But if they're not beating what you've been doing, mm -hmm. then guess who the expert is? <laughs> Right. So that's when we made the decision to hire internally, train them on the system that we built. And then for all intents and purposes, we created an internal digital marketing agency that was 100% solely focused on our products and services. So interesting. That's so amazing. Yeah, because agencies have their own way of working and, you know, and sometimes it's better to have your own team because then you can train them and you already had everything documented. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we brought people in and, and we were able to, to bring people in that had no experience, zero experience with digital marketing. But mm. because we, we had things documented, because they had people that they could talk to right here in the office to show them how we do it, right. then, then it became really easy. And then that, that entity within our organization just began, began to run. And, and then they were able to, in real time, figure out this is what's working, this is what's not working, and, and make decisions to make things better. Right. I think sometimes it's better to work with freshers, like people who don't have any experience, then they can learn your way. If they come with an experience, then it gets challenging to undo what they have learned and relearn. Yeah. You know? That's human nature. So... Amazing. So now, now that, I mean, how many events uh, were you uh, hosting every year? We were doing about 20 to 25 events a year. Wow. So that's like yeah. two events every month almost. Yeah. And, the, you know, some months there were, you know, four events and some months there were one event or no events. It just depends on, you know, the tour schedule. We know that the, for family events anyway, the spring and the fall here in the United States are the best times to host events. And the summers are when it dips a little bit because folks are on vacation and they might not be around. So, but if you do it during the school year, you know that at least the family unit is typically all in one place because they need to be because they can't miss school. And if we do events around, around weekends and we shy away from certain holidays, then that sets us up for the best chance of success. And you were traveling all across in United States? Or? The company, yeah, yeah. Our tour traveled from coast to coast, from California to Pennsylvania, for sure. 
and you would do weekends like Saturday, Sunday. This event would be Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, like our crew will arrive on a uh, either a Wednesday or a Thursday for setup, and mm -hmm. then we operate the event Saturday and Sunday. And then so run us through what exactly was happening on like what was during this event, like from Saturday yeah. to Sunday evening. And how big yeah, I mean, look, the different events have different things. So, and you could you could check all this stuff out if you if you want to see what the events are like. You can go to brickfestlive.com to check out Brickfest. You can go to Mindfair. We do a Minecraft a Minecraft convention. You go to mindfair.com or Comic Con for Kids. And all of the events have their own intricacies, their own uniqueness. So I'll talk about Mindfair for a second. So Mindfair, Minecraft is such a huge video game and it has great educational value which is why it was a great match for us and but in addition to the gameplay itself there are also celebrities in the space that go on and they play the video game online whether it's on youtube or twitch and what we've been able to do with an event like mindfair is we're able to now connect the fans to the players that they watch mm -hmm. so they get to meet the person that they've been watching so there's meet and greets there's autographs they could play with that person in some cases. They dress up as characters. We have a costume contest. So we have a big, you know, a pretty elaborate stage show and setup. And then you can experience the game in ways you haven't before. So virtual reality, tournaments, coding, like how to use uh, code, you know, learn how to code using Minecraft and vice versa. So it's really ways you can experience your, or, or you could show your enthusiasm for Minecraft be with other people that are just like you and, and learn things that you didn't even know were possible within the game. And so that, that's Mindfair. And Brickfest Live is, you know, literally millions of Lego bricks on display and, and ready for you to jump in and start creating your own creations with and put them on display at the event too. You know, dozens of hands-on activities and attractions. It's been, that's been a blast. Nice. And was your daughter traveling with you all the time? Yeah, in the early days, 2014, 2015, the whole, the whole family. You know, when you start as, as an entrepreneur, like when you start any, as a solopreneur, I should say, when you start a business and you need support, who do you look at first to provide that support as friends and family? And for the first year, year and a half, we relied a lot on, on friends and family. And it wasn't until maybe mid 2015 uh, into 2016 when we started to hire full time and really build up our team. And then, and then we didn't have to rely so much on friends and family. We had an event production team. We had a marketing team and, um, and then, and then the events um, began to be able to operate, you know, without, without as much, you know, from my standpoint, without as much hands-on activity and just really oversight and vision. Oh, nice. So now with this situation, I'm sure it's very challenging for you because you and your team has been into live events for the last six years now. How yeah. are you handling it right now? I know it's very tough and it's not going to be easy for you to answer this question, but how yeah. are you taking it now and what are your plans? Because are you planning to do the same thing virtually? Yeah, that's a great question. So it was, it's been you know, devastating. The live event space felt this really they were one of the one of the first industries to be impacted was the live event space and what we saw happen in the US was the the sports teams 
began shutting down. So first it was a, an NBA team announced that they were going to host a game and they were going to play without any fans. But then the next day, the NBA decided to actually it was earlier. They announced they were going to play a game with no fans. And then later that day, the NBA basically decided to shut the, you know, suspend the season. And then that was like the first alarm, a re- real alarm. We kind of saw it, saw it coming, but then that, that was like a moment. It was like, wow, if the NBA is shutting down, this really is going to impact any live events. The next day, the NHL shut it down. My family, we actually had tickets to a basketball game, a concert, and a hockey game all happening in Philadelphia that weekend. And every event was postponed. And then that's when it was like, shoot, this, this is going to be – this is going to be, you know, like a significant, you know, all the bad words you could think of. And we, we had to suspend, you know, our business operations because A, we weren't going to be able to sell tickets to a live event. And then, and B, the, the governments in the cities that we were going into, we're now putting on these restrictions. Again, remember, this is like uh, almost, you know, it was like a month ago now. Yeah. And it was before there was a national emergency declared. We had to make decisions in our own company. And how are we going to, the question really I asked myself was, how are we going to preserve what we have now? So when events do come back, we can hire back the staff that we had to lay off as a result of this pandemic. So we had to hit the pause button. And now we're in a, a stage where we just need to, you know, keep the lights on until we can start producing shows again, until consumer confidence comes back where they can feel comfortable going to a live event, in which case we'll be able to start promoting shows again. And then we can, we can hire back the staff if they haven't found other places to go. And we can hire back the staff to, to produce our shows. Um, otherwise, it's almost like starting all over again. We get to find people and train them and... Mm-hmm. Um, but, but at, at the end of the day, if you think about it like this, it's um, like, why do we do what we do? And I've always said, like, I judge the success of our events by the smiles of all the kids that are in the room when, when they're experiencing something for the first time in their life. So I always have that in, in my head. As, so for me, it's whatever it takes to come back, whatever it takes to be able to produce these shows again in a responsible way. We're going to be here when that happens. The other, your other question was, what are we doing now? What can we do virtually? And we're investigating that now. So there are things that we could do, especially with Minecraft virtually. There are even things we could do from the Lego standpoint virtually. So it's just going back to our audience um, now that, that everyone, it's interesting for a long time, Everyone knew what FaceTime was, right, on your phone, but everyone didn't know what Zoom was, right, KK? <laughs> I mean, you, we know what Zoom is because we use it in business. But when you go home and your wife is doing a Zoom happy hour with her friends, then it's like, wow, this, this, now this whole thing has really exploded. So if we're able to go now to our audience and to our parents and, and talk about a Zoom conference and something that their kids can also participate in, right? Three weeks ago, that would have seemed foreign to a lot of people. But today, now that everyone is familiar with the technology, because they've kind of been forced to be, now it's something that we can go to our audience with. And it was just a matter of making sure that our audience, right, which is 
families and moms have to be familiar with what you're talking about. Because if we were selling businesses, if we were, if we had a business conference, then of course the next day we could have said, Hey, come join us. We're going to, instead of doing it live, we're going to do a zoom and everyone for a family event to talk about that, like instantaneously, it wouldn't resonate with, with the mom and who is, who is 80% of our buyers, the mom. Now we can go to mom and say, Hey, we're going to do a zoom with, you know, YouTubers, or we're going to do a Zoom with people that have been on Lego Masters TV show. And now they'll be more likely to want to participate in something like that. I'm sure moms are looking for something to engage their kids because all the parents have become teachers now. Even we are finding it so hard to educate our kids. And now we realize how important it is to have the education, even though we don't force our kids to be, you know, uh, academically doing very well having 90% score, but we want to give them basic education, right? So I'm sure it will sell well because most of the moms are looking out for engaging their kids. So don't give up and try and definitely try to do something. And I'm sure you have a huge database. You've been working on this for, you have been so successful for last six years and definitely you will rock this virtually as well. I'm sure Gary will, Gary Wick will have to write another book <laughs> for your success. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think <laughs> and right. Guinea's, Guinea's World Record will give you another, you know, uh, award <laughs> for that. I'm sure you can do it. And I completely understand what you're going through because not only you, people who have been into, you know, conferences and live events, all yeah. of them are having this, you know, tough time. But I hope this is going to get over soon, but we don't know. Yeah. And here's the thing. I mean, look, we're just one story in, in what's happening globally and, and it's okay to have these feelings and, and be sad and, and want to cast blame, right? It's okay to have all those feelings and, and I'll give you permission to have them for like one day. And then you got to like get back up and get on your horse and like figure it out. Cause this, I really believe this is where the folks that said they're entrepreneurs and they did something and they had success and now they just got slapped and you're going to see either see them come back and they're the real ones or you're going to see people fade and then they they weren't cut out for it to begin with absolutely i think you're so right yeah people should not give up and some of them will come out even stronger like that's right that is the plan that's the plan kk cool amazing so please tell our audience one or two tips to escape burnouts and stay productive, especially during this pandemic crisis. Uh, to escape burnout and stay productive now. Well, the thing I can tell you about staying productive now, what's helped me is, you know, there's for, I, for a lot of people listening, I'm sure that you always have these ideas, right? You have a ton of ideas that have been going in your head. What if I tried this? What if I tried this? What if I did this? Right. But you're so focused on, on what was working for you right now or what was paying the bills that those ideas that were in the back of your head never saw the light of day. So my advice to those that are in that position is write down all those wild ideas that you had. Go into your GoDaddy account and look at all the domains that you registered, right? And then just like put, you know, like highlights or like small little business. This is what I did. I went through all the ideas that I had And then I wrote like little, like two sentence, little business plans for each one. Like, oh, when I was thinking about this, here's what I had in mind. When I registered this domain, this is what I had in mind. We could do it like, here's all the ideas. 
And then, you know, just a quick, you know, two, three sentences on, on every single one of your ideas. And then you rate them. You're like, okay, which of these would make sense to put some effort into right now in this time? Like what would make sense right now? What can I start building a foundation around? There's so many that are looking for something quick right now just to get a quick win. And to me, that is like a, a panic knee jerk move. But if you could find something that you can start working on today, knowing that everything is going to come back. And then when it does come back, you're going to be ready. Like you've got something new and it's ready for mass consumption by, by the consumers. Then I think that's what's going to set us up or set your business up for success. Some of the biggest companies in the world were started in times like these depressions, recessions, and now's our time right. to take that idea and then, and then launch it. And if you do that, you talked about burnout. If you do that and you feel the fire and the excitement, there is no burnout mm -hmm. because you wake up, you're going to be waking up earlier and you're going to be going to bed later. And it's because you're able to work on something you've been so passionate about, but it never had the light of day until right now. Amazing. So apart from this, do you want to give out any other message or do you have anything to offer to people like any services? Please tell our audience about that. Yeah. I mean, so, so what we've been leaning heavy into right now, I've been going to like a lot of my internet marketing friends and I've been asking them because I know it's worked for us as text message marketing. You kind of touched on it a little bit. So, so we created a summit. It's called text message marketing summit, but you can find it at textsummit.com and sign up and it's hundred percent free. So if you go in and, and you register for textsummit.com, a, we're going to send you a text message uh, naturally. And, and you'll be able to see how we use text messaging um, in our marketing. So when you start building the new thing or when your primary thing comes back, you can use text messaging as a communication channel. We saw over 70% of our sales coming directly from text message. And we're talking high volume. Like I mentioned, we have thousands and thousands of people coming to our shows. The majority of them buying their tickets via text message. I know it can work in e-com. I know it can work in the personal development space. It could work for course creators and small businesses, whether it's brick and mortar or otherwise. So really passionate about that communication channel. So techsummit.com. And then if you just want to check out what like I've been up to, chadevancollins.com is a place where you can go. And then you could see about all the events that we produce and my phone number's on there. You could text me 215-315-0037. Send me a text and we can stay in touch that way. Amazing. Are there any steps like people need to have their own database to have text marketing or do they, because some people might not have a appropriate database of their target audience. How does yeah. that work in that case? So, so two ways. If you're doing lead gen, you can ask for the phone number on lead gen. You just need, you need to collect an opt-in in a specific way. You just need to have, you know, the standard data and messaging rates will apply. You know, you, you could like Google what you, what specifically you need in there, but you need that in there that it gives you permission to text. If they're not on your, on your list yet, but you have an email list or a messenger bot list, you can email your list and say, hey, sign up for my text list by texting in this word to here or click this link and it will take you to a landing page where they could fill in their information. Those are like the two best ways to get started, but then also give them a reason to give up their phone number for you. So I like to offer something that isn't necessarily offered anywhere else. So they get it specifically for joining your SMS list 
they don't get it if they're just on your email list. So you have to dangle something in front of them for them to be like, yes, that's worth it for me to give up my phone number for this thing. And then if you could do that and then build on that relationship and text responsibly, then you'll be set up for massive success going forward because, you know, email open rates, 25% would be considered good these days, text message over 90%. So just think about it like that. Amazing. Awesome. So I think people need to start somewhere and this is the right time to start, even if they want to have an opt-in. I definitely wanted to ask you how comfortable are people giving their phone numbers, but you answered that already. You need to have an amazing hook, you know, something. You need to have a, yeah, you need to have a a reason, give them a reason to opt in. You know, we haven't, you know, we see that people will, will do it, especially for our events, you know, the way we sell our tickets, you know, almost hundred percent of people opt in with their, with their phone numbers. And what we're seeing now for tech summit is the same people are opting in and it's a tech summit. So they're going to want to learn and they're going to see how we use text messaging along the way. And we encourage them to do that. So yeah, it's been nice. great. Nice. So uh, Chad, last question, where can people find you? If they yeah. Just check out the website, chadevancollins.com okay. or Instagram or send me a text. Like we said before. Okay, so I'm going to put all those details in the show description, your website, your phone number as well, which is amazing. None of our guests have given their numbers so far. You are one of the first ones, which is uh, very kind of you. Thank you so much. So those of you who are listening to this show and want to get in contact with Chad Collins, there are details in the show notes. Please go check them out and get in touch with him. I'm sure he's going to help you. He is an amazing entrepreneur and a successful entrepreneur. He has done live events and, you know, he started from YouTube. Can you imagine? So if you really need help, you need to get in touch with Chad, find his details in show notes. Thank you, Chad, for coming on our show and spending your valuable time with us. You got it, KK. Thanks for the invite. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. Do you know, fragrance remains in the hands that gives rose. Would you please share this episode with your entrepreneur friends so we can help each other escape burnout, increase productivity and achieve our goals faster. Also, let me know what topics you want me to cover in our future episodes at info at bodymindsolution.com. Would you please take a moment to rate and review this show? That would mean the world to me. And yes, don't forget to subscribe. This is your host, KK. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.